You are great, oh God. We worship you, Jesus. The psalmist said, God is great and greatly to be praised. Right? Because he's great, he's greatly to be praised. That's why you look around, some people are getting a little wild. Maybe we're getting a little crazy to you. But it's because we know there's a great God, and he doesn't deserve just a little tiny hand clap. He deserves great praise. Amen. Hallelujah. He does deserve it. Amen. As you remain standing, I want to turn your attention to Luke chapter 19. We'll start in verse number 1. Man, we give, uh, give uh, honor to Pastor, amen, while he's gone. Please be in prayer for him, amen. He is going to be speaking to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And what they've seen in Malawi last year and in Madagascar last year, I believe God's just going to multiply that. And uh, it is going to be such a great report. I'm excited to hear what God's going to do. Amen. We give honor to Bishop. How great was it to have Bishop in the house teaching this morning? Amen. Great to have him. Amen. Luke chapter 19 and verse number 1 says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was. And he could not for the press or because of the crowd and also, he was of little stature, meaning he was just too short to see anything. He couldn't see over anybody. So he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house." And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood, and he begins to, he begins to kind of make excuses for himself. He said, Behold, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day... Is salvation come to this house? For as much also he is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you would look at verse 9 again, he says, This day is salvation come to this house. I want to speak to you for the next few moments on this subject, the time of visitation. The time of of visitation. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, this day is salvation come to this house. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. You ever had an unwanted visitor, an unwanted guest come into your home? You know, maybe a, a person or a thing or an insect. You know, an uh, unwanted guest, insect crawls into your home. You know, my wife, she doesn't deal with the, you know, if there's a bug or something on the floor. But my, uh, you know, I always say, well, you know, get something and, get, you know, get rid of it. And uh, my daughters have adopted that. 
And so my daughter, she, if, she, if she sees something, no matter where she's at, if she sees something out on the sidewalk or something, she'll just, she'll go after it. She'll take it out. You know, that's an unwanted visitor. I remember we were at, uh, we were on the, the trip. It was two years ago when we went to Honduras. And it was an awesome trip. And we were staying in the, uh, in the, the dorm houses that they have there on the orphanage. And uh, in the middle of the night, I get awoken to my wife saying, Tyler, Tyler, get in here. Get in here. And she had gone to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and in the bathroom, there was a scorpion that had come into our room there in the middle of Honduras. And we're like, well, we are not at home anymore. <laughs> and so I had to deal with this scorpion in the middle of the night. I'm, you know, staggering out of bed, and, you know, I, I wasn't sure what, what, what had happened. <laughs> and little did I know when I would turn the corner, this thing would be staring at me. You know, there are times when there's unwanted visitors. There's also times, and you know there's people that, you know, you just love to be around. You know, there's just some people you could sit down and you could just talk to for hours upon hours and you just never want it to end. You know, there's some people that you just, you can sit down with and you can visit with them and it, you know, it's never, uh, it's never a difficult thing. Uh, I know for me, sometimes, you know, talking to people, it's difficult. You know, it, I'm naturally, it's, Naturally, you wouldn't know it, you know, I can speak easily in front of people, but just talking one-on-one, -on -one, carrying conversation, it's difficult for me. Uh, anybody have difficulty, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversation? I, I know it, I get it honest, but, you know, sometimes we do have these, these visitations. And one thing that has always amazed me about our God is that our God desires to meet with us. It's an amazing thing. I mean, you think the God of creation desires to meet with you and I. And he desires for us to talk to him every day. I mean, you go from the very beginning of time and you see this. Uh, just this morning, sitting on our bed, my, my, my oldest five-year-old daughter, Danelle, she, she, she looks at my wife and I and she says, why did God make all this? Five years old, you know. <laughs> She said, why, why, why did God make all everything I see? And, you know, I sat down and I began to tell her, I said, you know, really when you begin to look into the Bible, you see that God made man just to fellowship with him, to walk with him. And God, God walked and talked with Adam in the cool of, of the evening and that he's always desired to be with us. And in fact, now in this period of time in humanity, we have the the greatest opportunity because it's not that God, we just go and meet God somewhere, but now God comes in us and we, His Spirit is in us and He walks with us everywhere that we go and He's with us every day. And it's an amazing thing that God desires to be with us. Psalms 8 and verse 3, it talks about, you know, the majesty of God and it talks about how great God is. And, and, uh, and, and you know, if you go to verse 4, it says, who is man? that thou art mindful of him, and the Son of Man, that thou visiteth him. Who are we that God would come and that God would desire to visit with us? But this is exactly what God desires to do. He desires to visit with us. And God seeks for people who will worship him. The Bible talks about that, that he seeks for those who will worship him, that he searches the hearts and the minds for Somebody that's hungry and for somebody that's thirsty for him. 
That's why Jesus said, blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. There was a bunch of people around Jesus that day. When Zacchaeus, he ran ahead to see if he could get in touch with Jesus. There were so many people, he couldn't even see him. So he had to make some other way to see Jesus. But Jesus saw his hunger. And he looked up. And he said, Zacchaeus, come down. For today, I'm going to your house. And, you know, maybe you, you think that you've just come here by accident today. Maybe you just think you, you've just come here, you know, just, just to kind of see what's going on. But let me tell you, God has designed a visit for you today. It's not an accident. There's no accidents with God. God designs a visit with us. And he said, today... I'm coming to your house. He called him by name. We don't know that he'd ever met him before, but he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for today. Salvation is coming to this house. And that's exactly what God does every time we gather together. He's, he's, but the Bible tells us that he's there. He's wanting us to open up the door and let him in. He's wanting us to invite him into our house. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. He's knocking at the door. If any man will open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and him with me. He's knocking at the door of our hearts. God is desiring to be with us and to visit with us. It's an amazing thing. And it says, if anybody will open the door doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your status in life. It doesn't matter if you know anything about God or you know the Bible frontwards and backwards. It doesn't matter how rich you are or how poor you are. If anybody will open the door, God will come and visit with us. And he will be with us. And it doesn't matter who you are. God desires to be with you. He desires to be with you. And that's the message that I've come through to tell you today is that God desires to visit with you. And today is a time of visitation. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. God wants to meet with you today. Zacchaeus wasn't a liked man. Zacchaeus wasn't a man that people liked. They said he's a sinner. They said he's no good. They looked down on him. But Jesus said, I see you and I'm going to come with you. And that's what God does for us. He does that for us. He comes and he, he sits with us and he talks with us and he sees that. And, and I, I, I want to let you know it's for anybody. It's for anybody. There, there's, there's no partiality with God. God, God is, is not divided among people. There is no, if I say this, there's no racism with God. Can I preach that today? You know, we're dealing with this stuff in our world. And the Bible, it actually prophesies, it says in the last day that, that there will be nation rise up against nation. And, and Brother Herring brought that out, that, that that really means people against people and race against race. We know that kingdom's going to rise against kingdom. As Bishop talked about this morning, there's kingdoms rising up against kingdoms all over the world. These things are happening, but whoever opens the door, it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you come from, God wants to visit with you. 
Galatians chapter 3 tells this point, verse 28. Galatians chapter 3, it says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's no, there, there, there's, there's, it doesn't matter if you're a slave or if you're a free man. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or if you're not a Jew. There's neither male nor female for you're all one in Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. We're all one in Jesus Christ, meaning that when we come to God, it doesn't mean that we cease being who we are. It doesn't mean that we cease being different male and female. We know the Bible tells us that we need to be distinct. If we're a male, we need to be a male. If we're a female, we need to be a female. We're, we're not, our, the color of our skin does not change when we come to God. But what, what this verse is saying is God deals with every person the same way. It doesn't matter if you're a man or if you're a woman. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or if you're a Greek. It doesn't matter who you are. God desires to meet with you. And it's an amazing thing, the God that we serve. And this is what we saw when we saw this story with, with Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, we see that, that you know, he, he, was, he was despised of everybody else. But Jesus always seemed to go to the despised. He always seemed to go to those that were in need and those that were hurting and those that had been cast out and those that, you know, have been cast to the wayside. The, the blind man, right before this story, the blind man was crying out by the wayside and they told him to be quiet, to be quiet, be quiet. But Jesus said, no, bring him to me. That's the kind of God that we serve. We serve a God that desires to meet with us, not just once a week on a Sunday, but every day. He desires to meet with us. He wants to talk to you every day. He wants to speak to you every day through his word. He wants to help you every day and to encourage you every day. And now in this time in history, we have a time of visitation unlike ever before. You know, God deals with people and God has dealt with humanity in different ways all throughout time. The Bible, you know, a, a theological term that, they, that, that theologians use is dispensations, periods of time where God deals with man differently. You know, God deals with us differently than he, than he did with Moses and, and with the children of Israel in the Old Testament. The New Testament is a different way that God deals with man. In the beginning, God dealt with Adam and Eve different than he does with us now. And we see that God in his relationship with man, he's constantly tried to since that relationship was severed by sin, to, to find a way to, the Bible says, reconcile us unto himself, to bring us back unto him. And that's what God desires to do with us, is to bring us back. God, it was never the design of God for us to feel like God is somewhere distant, and so we're somewhere where he cannot be touched, but the Bible says that we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We have somebody who knows what we're going through and what we're facing. And this is something that we see when we look at God. But today, and Bishop talked about it this morning, that, that, that this day, this time, this dispensation that we're in is about to come to a close. These are the last days, folks. The time of God visiting with man is, is just about over with. He's about to take those who have, who have chosen him and those who have accepted him. He's about to take those out of this earth. 
Bishop talked about it this morning on all the destruction that the Bible prophesies is going to happen. Where by, by the ninth chapter, I believe it was, Bishop, the book of Revelation, over half of humanity on earth is destroyed, killed, has faced death. I mean, you see all the things in the Bible that happens when God says the time of visitation is done. But there is this time, and today is still the day of salvation. And you and I, we have this time, and it's not going to be too much longer. And this is what I felt in the Holy Ghost, because it's not going to be too much longer before this day is closed. And we've got we've to visit with God today while we still can. And what I started to notice, and I began to study this, and I became fascinated with the story of Zacchaeus. And when I become fascinated with the story, I just dive deeper into it and try to find out more information and more information. Well, I come to find out that this is one of the last people that Jesus ever visited their home. Before he died, before that time of his visitation was over, before he died. This was one of the last times. In fact, he was on his final journey to Jerusalem. And when you read the book of Luke, the book of Luke is, is an awesome passage because almost all of the book of Luke is Jesus' final journey to Jerusalem. If you read in chapter 9, chapter 9 says that Jesus now, he knows the time is coming, so he set his face to Jerusalem. Meaning that he set himself to Calvary. He knew his time was coming and so he set himself to Calvary. And he began to make his way back to Jerusalem. From the other side of Samaria he began to make his way through. And there's, there's a map that you can see where Jesus went and, and how he went through. And, and it's, it's an amazing thing. And I began to study it. And, and, uh, and I began to realize that this, this moment with Zacchaeus was something that was was even more than what I even begin to realize when I begin to read what it was, when you understand the background of it. Because Jesus, he begins to, he begins to go through this, and he begins to, uh, you know, he begins to make his way to Jerusalem in chapter 9. And, and the, the first thing that happens, the Bible says, is he comes to this village, a village in Samaria, and the Bible says he's rejected. They reject him. First thing he does when he sets his eyes to Calvary, the Bible says he's rejected. Think about that. God, they, they had an appointment with God in flesh. It, this, this was the last chance they were going to be able to see Jesus. But they rejected it. And Jesus said, well, we'll go to another village. And they said, God, should we, should, should, should we call down fire from heaven to consume them? He said, no. No, no, no. Now's not the time. They have... We're just going to go to somebody who will accept me. And so Jesus begins to go through. And it's, it's, it's an amazing case that Jesus begins to build. And, and uh, I've, I've went through it all. And, and uh, if you look in chapter 9, he talks about that rejection of the Samaritans. Then he talks about being a disciple. He says, being a disciple and being a follower of me, you're going to face rejection. You're going to face that type of rejection. And then the next thing that he comes encounter with is a, is a lawyer that comes to him and says, and tries to, uh, tries to trap him. The Bible says he was tempting him. And he, he says, you know, what, what must I do to, to, to be saved? And what's the greatest commandment in the law? And, she, and uh, he said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Let me tell you, this is what I'm preaching to you today. This is what we've got to have. 
Jesus said the most important things of his ministry whenever he was just about to go. He, when he was just about to leave at this time of visitation, he said, what you need to do, he said, what you need to do is you need to love God with everything that's within you and love your neighbor as yourself. And he began to build this case. Love God with everything. Now's not the time to slip away from God. Now's not the time, you know, to let hatred build between your neighbor. But now is the time to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Because the time of visitation is almost over. He goes on and he talks about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And he goes on and he's talking to, and he meets Mary and Martha. He goes to their house. And, and the Bible says that, that, that Mary sits down at his feet, but Martha, she's busy doing other things. And I feel like God just gave me a deeper revelation when I realized this was going to be the last time he was coming to their house. I always thought, why, you know, why is it, why was it such a big thing? Because Jesus rebuked Martha for working too much. He said, you're working too much, you should have been at my feet. Well, little did she know that was the last time Jesus was ever going to come to her house. That was the last time he was ever going to step foot in her house. That was, that was the last time that Jesus was going to come. But he desired to, to meet with them. And Mary, she chose the best part. The good part, the Bible says, because she wanted to be with Jesus. Every chance that she had, she took it to be with Jesus. Let me tell you, every chance that we have to pray today, we need to take it. Because there's not too much longer. Every time, every chance we have to witness, we need to witness. Every chance that we have to do something, we need to do it now. The Bible says work while it is day because the night comes when no man shall work. We've got to do it now. Now is the time, as Bishop said, to awaken. Because the time of God's visitation on this earth is almost done. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. You can feel it in the atmosphere. You can see it on the news. You can see it everywhere you go. It's almost time. It's almost time. And you go through and you begin to look as Jesus begins to make his way to Jerusalem. All the things that he did. You know what he did during that time? He taught him how to pray. He said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said, pray after this manner. And he taught them how to pray. He said, there's coming a time you got to learn how to pray. And let me tell you, if we're going to survive in this day and hour, we got to learn how to pray. We got to learn how to pray. We got to get on our knees and we got to pray. Then he goes and he looks at the, some of the Pharisees and, and he says, he, he calls out the hypocrites. And he says, you don't need to be hypocrites anymore. He said, you make everything beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, everything is death and it's full of dead men's bones. And, you know, it's just, it's all, you're nasty on the inside, but you look all beautiful on the outside. And, man, I thought how, how true that can be with us today. We come and we try to look all nice and we try to dress our best and, and you know, we believe in, in having outward holiness in our lives that our outward man does matter. But Jesus saying, if you have the outward person nice, but the inward person is filthy, then the outward doesn't mean anything. We've got to make sure that we're, that we're good on the inside and out. 
We got to make sure we have a good spirit. We got to make sure we have love in our heart. We got to make sure that we reach out. We've got to make sure that we are examples of Jesus Christ everywhere we go and everything that we do. We can't just look the part. We've got to act the part. We've got to walk the part. We've got to talk the part. We've got to do what he said to do. As you keep on going through his journey, there's so many different things that happen. He said, be ready for the coming of the Son of Man. Chapter 12 and verse 40, he's starting to tell him, you got to be ready. you got to be ready all the way back then. He said, be therefore ready for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. At the time you think he's not going to come, that's when he's going to come. You're not going to be expecting it. You've got to be ready at all times. He begins to lay out these cases. And if you go down in chapter 12 to verse number 54, he says this. And he said also to the people, when you see the clouds rise out of the west, and straightway we say there cometh a shower. You guys ever seen those dark clouds rise up in Palm Bay? And you just know it's just about to break loose for an hour. You know, wherever you're going, you're about to drive into it. You know, this is what he's saying. He's saying, you can see when you see a cloud come up, you know there's a shower coming. Go to the next verse. He said, and also, you, if you feel the south wind blow, you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to be getting hotter. He said, you know, the heat will come to pass. And then go to the next verse. He said this. He said, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that you do not discern this time that you're in? That's a question for us. How is it that we can just go about our daily life, our daily routine, and not be discerning the time that we're in? Thank God for a bishop that stands up and says, awaken, and preaches the gospel, and says, we got to awaken, we got to understand the times that we're in. And these are the, this is the thing, we're in these times, and he's telling them, you've got to be able to interpret the times. The times of your visitation. You go on through and you begin, to, you begin to read chapter 12. He says, repent or face uh, judgment. He said, there's no such thing as a lesser sin. He brings this out. You know, sometimes we can think, oh, I just say, a, our world says we can just say a little white lie or something. He said, no, 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 there's no difference between somebody who just says a little lie and somebody else whose life is just full of sin and undescribable things. He says, we'll all face the same judgment. So no matter if we feel like we've done a lot in our past or no matter what amount of sin we may be playing with, we've got to get rid of all of it. No matter if it's a lot or if it's a little bit, we, the Bible says we've got to get rid of it all. It's like a, a little leaven that, 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 that comes in and it just destroys the whole self. And this is what the Bible is telling us. And Jesus begins to build this case. It's a powerful case from chapter, for 10 chapters, from chapter 9 to chapter 19 until he finally reaches Jerusalem, he begins to say, repent or face the judgment. He, he heals on the Sabbath day because there's no more time left to, 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 to go. He, he gives the parables. He talks about the lost sheep. He says, if there's 99 but one's lost, we're going to go after the lost sheep. He talks about the lost coin. He talks about the lost son, the prodigal son that's returned. Let me tell you, you may be sitting in this building today, and you may just be here because you're here. But if you have drifted away from God, if you've become lost, now is the time for you to come back home. Now is the time for you to come back home. Let me tell you, maybe you're going to be listening to this on the webcast later on. You've got to understand this. Now is the time to come back home. There's not too much time left. The hour is coming, and it's now near. And this is what he's saying. He's saying we got to reach for him. 
we got to reach for him. We've got we've to forgive. He tells the story of, of the rich man and Lazarus. Oh, what a story it is. Go, go read it sometime in, Acts, or in Luke chapter 16. That story of the rich man and Lazarus. It's where the rich man goes to hell. And, and he just, he, he looks up and he says, can I just have a drop of water to cool my tongue? He said, well, you've had your time. He said, well, can you go and tell my family not to come to this place? And he said, the response was this to that man. They said, they have people telling them already not to come to this place. You have preachers and you have pastors and you have the word of God that will tell you the time is coming. The time is coming. The time is coming. We've got to do that. The next thing he talks about is forgiveness. He said, now is not the time to hold grudges. You've got to forgive. Seventy times seven, you've got to forgive. Come on, now is not the time to hold a grudge. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew, if you're holding a grudge, don't even bother coming to the altar. Leave your gift and go make it right and then come and offer your gift. Because if we have grudges, we can't do anything in God. We have got to understand the time of visitation is coming. He goes and he, 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 uh, he cleanses the ten lepers, but only one comes back to thank him. He gives the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, and he says you need to get rid of all your self-righteousness, all your self-righteousness, and humble yourself before God. He comes and he meets one of, the, one of the last people that he meets as well as this rich young ruler who had been following God his entire life. And he comes to him and he says, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he says, you need to sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. And so the Bible says that he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. And the Bible says Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, it's going to be hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, folks, we're rich. And it's going to be hard for us to enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because we, 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 get, we, we have reliance in self and not reliance on God. I'm preaching to myself today too. We, we, we rely more on, on ourself and on our, our structure and on our society than sometimes we do on God. And we give God just a little part of ourself. And we just go meet with God like this rich young ruler just wanted to meet with God and just say, all right, give me eternal life. And Jesus said, no, you've got you to leave everything else behind and you've got to come and follow me. And that's what he did, but the Bible says he went away sorrowful. He rejected Jesus. He had the opportunity to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Maybe he would have been the one to deliver the message on the day of Pentecost instead of Peter, but yet he went away sorrowful when his time of visitation came. And he talks about the hindrance that wealth will do. And then Jesus in chapter 18 predicts his death. And then... In chapter 18, he also heals the blind man. He heals those that are blind. And that's what God wants to do today. Take, a, take away the scales from our eyes and help us to see what, what's going to happen. Help us to see the sign of the time that we're living in. Because then you get to Zacchaeus. Now Jesus gets to Zacchaeus. After all of this, and this has been a buildup of this. And Zacchaeus... He races up and he gets up so he can try to see Jesus. 
And, and he, he just wanted to see him. No, nobody knew besides the disciples. And the Bible says that they didn't even understand that this was the last time Jesus was going to ever pass through Jericho. This was going to be the last time that they ever had an opportunity like that to see Jesus, to hear his voice. But Zacchaeus, in, as Jesus is walking by, he looks up and he calls him by name. And he says, Zacchaeus, it's time for you to come down because this day is salvation come to this house. He invited himself. He said, I'm going to your house today. That's what God wants to do. He wants to come to your house today. You know, I, I know I talk about it every time I preach, but he, this isn't just the place where we meet with God. This is a place where we gather together and worship God. God goes with us. He's supposed to go with us. He's supposed to be in us. He's supposed to be in your car as you're going to work. He's supposed to, you know, be with you as you go to school. He's supposed to be with you everywhere that you go. And he says, this day, I will come to your house. This day is salvation come to your house. Why did he say that? Because he wasn't going to have another chance. He wasn't going to have another chance. Jesus wasn't going to go through Jericho again. The time of his visitation for Jericho, for Zacchaeus, was over. And the time of visitation was almost done. It had almost come to an end. But thankfully, Zacchaeus, with all of his mistakes and with all of his failures, and with everybody looking at him like, man, you're crazy. What are you doing? You know, with everybody looking at him, he comes and he says, come into my house. And Jesus goes and meets with him. And he, he goes and he says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, we don't understand it. Sometimes we forget God has been seeking you for a long time. He's been reaching for you for a long time. We think that we come to God, but no, God, we do have to come to Him. We do have to accept Him, and, and we do have to be baptized in His name, and we do have to receive His Spirit. But what we've got to understand is there is God that is seeking for you today. He's wanting to visit with you today. He's wanting to come to you today, and He's saying, I want to come to your house. Today is the day. The time of visitation is almost over. The Bible goes on in Luke chapter 19. We have his triumphant entrance where he rides in and they tell him to stop, stop worshiping, stop, stop them from worshiping you. He says, if these don't praise me, the very rocks will cry out. We've got to worship him like never before. We've got to worship him. If we don't worship him, he's going to find and seek out somebody else. Who will worship him. He's going to raise somebody out of the mess, out of the dirt. He's going to raise somebody up that will worship him. We've got to worship him. And then he finally comes to Jerusalem. If you could put up Luke chapter 19 and verse 41. He comes to Jerusalem. And when he was come near, he beheld the city. And he wept over it. Imagine this. Jesus Christ. He looks at Jerusalem at the vast number of people. And the Bible says he just begins to weep. 
go to the next verse. Saying, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in thy day, the things that belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from your eyes. Next verse. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee on every side. Next verse. And shall lay thee even with the ground. They're going to lay you just flat with the ground. And thy children within thee. And they shall not leave thee one stone upon another. Because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. You didn't realize there was still time to visit with me. Bishop talked about it this morning. He talked about all the destruction that's going to come. That's what Jesus was saying. He said there's going to come a time when there's going to be destruction. It's not just going to come upon you. It's going to come upon everybody. The children. Everybody. The destruction and the judgment of humanity. But today, this is my message. There's still time for visitation. There is still time. I don't know how much time is left. I don't know if this, and I, I know this is cliche, but I don't, we don't know if this will be the last service that you'll ever be in. We don't know if while everybody, I saw, I saw a post from one of my friends yesterday on social media, that we don't know while everybody's looking up at the sky tomorrow that God isn't just going to split open the sky and come back for his people. We don't know. When he's coming back. No man knows the day nor the hour. But what I've come to tell you today. Salvation has come to this house. And if you've got sin in your life. Get rid of it. If you've let your prayer life slip. Build it back up. If you've let your faith waver. You need to believe again. If you've never been baptized in Jesus name. Today is the day to be baptized in Jesus name. Come on, you need to understand, you've got a time of visitation today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow has no guarantee. Let's all stand. We have no guarantee for tomorrow. Today, we still have the opportunity. I just, I, I think about the contrast between, I mean, they said that Zacchaeus was a, a wealthy man, a rich man. That the rich young ruler, we don't know his name, but the Bible says that he went away sorrowful. But Zacchaeus, he went away filled. It's, it's. And it happens every time we come together. The word of God goes forth. And you feel a pulling. You hear the call of your name like Zacchaeus did. But yet you put it off for another day. Maybe I can enjoy the pleasures of sin for one more day. For one more week. And we keep putting it off. And playing with eternity. 
Today is the day, folks, to jump in. If you've never jumped in full force, given God your everything, given Him everything that you've got, come on, you've been convicted about some things. You've been convicted about some relationships you're involved with. You've been convicted about some things you're allowing in your life, some things that you're watching or listening to. But you've allowed it because you think there will be time and time and time. But as our bishop has said, time is coming to an end very soon. Look at look look around. Look in the sky. The signs are all around. Like I said, look on the news. The signs are all around. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, if you've never repented of your sins, say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Today is that day. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name and all all of your past has been washed away, today is that day. If you've never received the Holy Ghost and spoken in other tongues, as the Bible tells us, today is that day. Or maybe you're sitting in this building and your walk with God is not what it used to be. Or maybe you used to be growing in your walk with God, but you've stopped growing. You've just let it stay right here. Let me tell you, today, He's calling your name. He's looking up and saying, Zacchaeus, come down. This is one of your last chances that you'll have to be with me. This was the last chance. And I don't know, I'm not here to say this is our last service or whatnot. We don't know. No man knows the day or the hour. But I can tell you, you can discern the time like Jesus said. Can you not discern the time? Now's not the time to play games. We've got to be right with Him. We've got to be right with Him. Would you come And would you just say, God, I want to visit with you one more time. God, I want you more than anything else in this world. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, you can come to the platform. We'll baptize you. Today is the day. Lay it all down. Jesus. Give it all to you, Jesus.